Hi, this is Brian Krylowitz. Uh, this is part of the University Counseling Services podcast series. I am the director of University Counseling Services, and I am joined again today by or with uh, Christian Johns. He is a soon-to-be sophomore, political science philosophy major here at Truman. Uh, and more importantly, why I invited him here is that he worked all summer as an orientation leader, and so um, really worked pretty closely with our, our new class of students that will be coming in and has a pretty good experience, and also he's not that far away from the experience himself. And so um, this topic, we're going to be looking kind of at one of the things that, that doesn't happen with everybody, but it does occasionally occur with people, but um, the roommate conflicts, and we'll hopefully hit from the minor level to more of the major level conflicts. Right. So, I mean, I think, I think everybody has minor level conflicts with a roommate. So let me turn this on over to Christian, and we'll kind of go from here. Yeah, I, I, I've... I've had so many of these little little spats, I guess you could call them, those those minor uh, problems with your roommate, and heard about much larger problems than I think I'd ever want to be <laughs> involved. I've heard about a lot of the, mar- the larger ones. I'm curious about right. the minor ones myself. <laughs> oh, you know, the little ones, um, you know, don't leave your light on, I'm trying to go to sleep, or, yeah. you know, the TV's on too loud. Um, really, I, I think if you, can, if you can shape the roommate discussion in terms of living with anyone else, exactly. um, you know, living with your family, you're probably going to have the same sort of little little conflicts. Uh, yeah. Oh, you know, you ate my piece of cake in the refrigerator or something <laughs> that you'd have with, with your roommates in, Absolutely. in college. So, so, so in terms of, like, I think one thing that's it, really changed, you know, when, you know I, I, I'm sounding old here because I kind of am, <laughs> but one thing that's really changed so much in terms of college dynamics is that 20 years ago, 30 years ago, most people who went to college oftentimes had to share a room with their brother or sister or some component. Right. Now it seems like, and there, and there are exceptions to this, of course, but now right. it seems like most people are coming in with their own room. And so right. they suddenly walk into a roommate situation. And they can be on campus and it can be with two, and, and there's a lot of sweet situations where you're sharing a bathroom with four people or whatever it might be, or you know, it depends on what hall you're in. Right. But suddenly you're not in a spot where you can kind of control your own complete individual space. Like he's mentioned at home, yeah. there's the shared common areas of the family, but then you have, here's my room. Right. Well, suddenly it's not my room anymore. Right. And so how is that in terms of, just for yourself, um, in terms of moving to like, suddenly it's not just like, your, you mentioned you're an only child, so there's even, even oh, a yeah. greater element of like, my stuff. And <laughs> yeah. if, if you put something down, odds are it's going to stay there. Uh, how how is the transition for, not just for yourself, but people that you saw in your, what hall did you live in last year? I lived in Centennial. Centennial. Hall. Gotcha. So, a relatively smaller place. You had the shared suite system. Yeah, you have two, had, you had one roommate and two. We had the suites. Actually, I lived in a in a triple room. Oh, okay. So you lived in the I had two room. other people in my room, and we shared a, a bathroom with two gotcha. people. So why don't you go ahead and talk about just some of the the. the I really am curious about the, the minor stuff and how did you get? How did you deal with the things that occurred? Because things will occur where, like you said, the light gets turned on, someone comes in late, they wake up, right. you know, they wait, they have a seven thirty class and they wake up a little bit louder than you would like them to wake right. up. Right. How did how did all that get dealt with without like you killing people <laughs> or them killing you? <laughs> right. Either way. Right. Um, I think, and and I I like the way that you phrased it. You. People are used to having their space, you know, their their yeah. own sort of. This is where I am, and I will invite you into my space if I want you in it. Um, so I think that one of the biggest transitions for me was it it stopped being a focus on my space, as in my room, and more of my my things, the gotcha. things that were gotcha. mine. Um, and so I think uh, a way that I sort of shared balance with 
with people in my room was I had my own things. I had, you know, my yeah. own utensils. I had my own towels. Right. I had, you know, things in the bathroom. I had, we had our own shelf in the medicine cabinet, that sort of thing. And so it allowed us to maybe sacrifice, you know, the space we're all living together. We may be closer than we would, than right. we would like, but we still sort of retained that sense of ownership. Um, and I think, you know, for those, for those minor conflicts where you'd find disagreement with your things, hey, can, you know, obviously you're not going to have two TVs in every room or three TVs. Right. So you're going to need to negotiate negotiate that because you know it's going to be someone's right um and i think i think with that if you can approach it as you know non-combative as possible and it's so difficult to phrase things in that way because you know it can be really frustrating in the heat at the moment you're like don't touch that that's mine um but to sort of approach it as as laid back and as non-combative as possible and and that will you know more often than not not elicit some sort of negative response from them because um, they're going through the same experience. So someone brings a TV and, and someone else can bring the shower curtain. Exactly. The, from just I, almost walk me through this. That when you because when did you know you had your two roommates that you're going to be with in Centennial? Um, did you find out during the summer last yeah, year? Yeah, before before orientation, I okay. think they they allowed me to go. On, and usually on, the on typical that. thing is, I'm sure everybody out there who's listening to this, usually it's that whole like I have this. Okay, you bring that. I right. won't bring this. So you're all deciding what goes in the car with you. Right. And then I, I have always been fascinated by this, and really, and we we did not pre-talk about this, so I have no idea what your response is going to be. Res Life really encourages people to work on roommate contracts right at the beginning of the year, and I think they're right. really good. But I think most people go. I don't want to do this, or right. or or they don't get into the the nitty gritty details. They exactly. get into like you know, don't don't take my towel and use it. Okay, I mean right. use it. Hard, it's not. A, <laughs> right. you know, don't wear my underwear. Oh, okay, that's you know <laughs> things that are not hard to have a. It's not like a no. I really want to wear your underwear. Right. So when you did the roommate contract, or did you? I'm just curious if you if the three of you sat down and actually kind of thought through this a little bit. Yeah, we we thought about, you know, everything that we could possibly think about never having lived together, exactly. which I think is what's unique about the contract, that you've never lived with these people, so... You Negotiate know, some, a deal on something you have no idea about. Exactly, like something that you can never prepare yourself right. for, and, and sometimes there aren't things that you can prepare yourself Absolutely. for. If it, you know, is raining and snowing outside, most people don't think we should have a take-your-shoes-off-at-the-door policy. Exactly. That never occurs to you unless, you know, you look down and you're, like, walking around barefoot and you step on a chunk of ice and you're like, wow... Maybe we should take our shoes off before we get in the room. So, um, you know, I filled out the contract. I thought it was helpful for, um, you know, laying a groundwork for those conversations that we wouldn't be, that we wouldn't be ready for. What a great, what a great way to describe it. And then instead of trying to find out every weird scenario of this will occur when this happens, you get, get, it would be a 5,000 page contract, but it's more of like, how do we talk about something and that how do we, you know, so what were some of the things that, that you, if you had to go back and do and go, man, I would not, that was one of the smartest things that we did as roommates, this little piece of it. What was uh, like, and this is obviously just one piece of advice. Right. And, um, you know, it sounds weird and maybe incoming freshmen get this message, um, and they just sort of look past it. Don't be passive. Gotcha. Um, Great. I know that if, if you're going to sacrifice so much and just say, oh, you know, whatever you guys want to do, or, you know, you can come in whenever you want, turn the lights on whenever you want, because you just want to make the discussion as quick and easy as possible. You will sit in silence and suffer for the rest of the year. Oh, I just, and, I'm going to repeat this before you can go on. And that, you know, don't be passive. I mean, right. it's what I can't tell you the number of times in the counseling center that we get people, because the, the first time somebody says, do you mind if I do this? And they go, no, that's fine. You know, right. you mind if I wear your shirt? No, that's okay. Right. But they internally are, I don't want you wearing 
wearing my shirt. But like you said, they, they go along out of that moment of, I would rather, it, it's, it takes less effort and energy at this moment in time, but then right. like they suffer in silence, or then they, are, then they have the volcano eruption exactly. about it. So as they keep it. going, I, I want to make sure that I so emphasize what a, great, what a great snippet of advice of don't, and it doesn't mean you have to be super vigilant at every small thing right. of whatever it is. And, and that's, you know, these are questions you're going to have to think about, how do you want, what, what kind of roommate do you want to be? You know, what are your demands going to be? Um, so I mean, I think definitely setting up some, some Sometimes yeah. that people can come in and out of the room or have other people in the room is important. And, and maybe don't be passive sounds like be mean to your roommate. Oh, yeah. But set up your boundaries. Yeah. I mean, you have to know what you are going to be willing to deal with. And yeah. if at any point, you know, someone's going to do something that, that you're uncomfortable with, you need to say that. You need to be like, you know, I'm not comfortable with you being in the room at 3 a.m. with five other people. I mean, I'm going to need to get my sleep. Exactly. Um, and, and it goes just the other way around. If if someone is being as assertive on a, on a particular issue, understand that they're probably not being assertive just to upset you. That it's probably <laughs> deeply important to them. You know, they yeah. want their sleep. Um, you know, one of my roommates was in the ROTC program, and he had to get up oh, at 5 a.m every day um and so uh, it was so much easier for me to say hey i will be silent i'm going to be dead silent at night so you can get your sleep if you can get up quietly um and you know not cause a ruckus or a stir and wake me up in the morning and so it was just sort of that that mutual understanding that i understand that you're never going to be able to sacrifice the time that you need to sleep i think i think the key word you're looking for and i think it's another great word for kind of dealing with roommate conflicts the most thing you want to do, the best way to deal with roommate conflicts is not have them right <laughs> the, the word you're bringing up right here is compromise right. and that you can't have it your way and that's one thing that transition oftentimes from coming from home where if it's your space you know or you've gotten so used to this is how my family's always done it and you always think this, this right. is how it's supposed to because every family does it this way, right. you'll suddenly get to college and realize that not every family does it your way, and that doesn't mean it wrong or right, it's just really different. It's and so different. That, what a perfect description of working with your roommate saying, I'm going to be respectful here, but it's a flip-flop. It, we have to be in both regards. Right. This, and, and you can't expect perfection. If someone's getting up at 5 in the morning, they're probably going to make a little bit of noise. Right. But I think the key part is seeing that the person is putting effort into trying to be quiet. Because exactly. some, sometimes toothbrushes do fall and they make clanky sounds in the bathroom and they're like, oh, yeah. doors squeak when you don't want them to squeak type of thing. Right, and I, I can remember one morning, because um, his, his bed was bunked, and, and one morning he slipped and he fell out of oh, his bed God. on the way down. Um, and, you know, I woke up and I was like, are, are you okay, man? You just fell out of bed. And he's like, I'm fine. Go back to sleep. Don't worry about it. Like, he was so worried that, you know, Make he had woken noise. me up and, and, and caused some sort of problem that he was just like, go back to sleep. It's okay. So now I asked, like, kind of the best thing you did, and I think it was a great description of, of just of being how, how we're going to have conversations. What what would be, like, the thing you look back on? Why did I worry so much about this issue with roommates that, oh, what, I, what was I thinking? Um... I think for me it was worrying about bathroom time, and I think so many people worry about that, especially if you're going to sure. if you're going to probably share, the first time you're sharing a bathroom, maybe. right? You, because you know, even if you have your own room and and the bathroom is a common area, usually it's a common area where you're going to be alone in that common area for some portion of the time. You know, whether you're showering or brushing your <laughs> right. teeth or whatever. Um, and so that new experience that you know maybe you're going to be in a bathroom yeah. with someone else. You're both going to be sharing the mirror, brushing your teeth because you both woke up late to get to class or something. Um, you know, I worried about that all too much because I think people think of um, you know their time at college as being so much different than time they would right. be spending at home. I mean, 
if you live in a home with more than more people than share a sink they brush people, your teeth they they share a sink, a sink like that happens all the time exactly and it's not going to be you know substantially different when you come to school i mean yeah. you're not going to be using the bathroom for two hours a day and so i think i was worried about that you know where exactly. am i going to put my towel who's going to be using what how do i know if they use my towel all i'm going to have to fold it a certain way to make sure that it's not disturbed <laughs> <laughs> all the things that really after a week or two they go they just they resolve themselves you're going to get into your own your own systems and and people are very willing to to work with you because we are all in the same boat exactly um and maybe that's the feeling of isolation that people feel when they when they go to a new room that oh i'm i have all these anxieties and everyone else does and they are as willing as you are to move past those anxieties and just and just move on Things that I, I'm just kind of curious about this because I've had so many clients talk about this, and I think part of this is I'm trying to phrase this kind of the idea of, of um, disillusionment or disappointment. Right. When you came to college, do you think your roommates were going to be your best friends? I don't know. I, you know, one of, I guess maybe not my best friends. I, I wanted to have a relationship yes. with them absolutely cuz you know it obviously make those discussions easier sure. if you know you both know each other and everyone and everyone gets along um, but i think i wanted them to have you know freedom to go do, do right. their own thing right. and and especially i think some of the best relationships that I've cultivated were with people in my suite that, that we Absolutely. shared the bathroom with, um, because I think it gives you that proximity that you can still be friends with someone without really having to worry about all the the roommate problems that you had before, because you know they're off in their own room. Exactly. No, but I think what I've seen in the counseling are people come in, and especially initially when you get here, people tend to to grab really quickly at roommates because you don't know anybody else, and so no one wants right. to feel like an or awkward dork, right. and so you kind of hang out together. But then suddenly we begin these other relationships and then there is this initial, like, my roommate's the greatest person. And then if that suddenly does not happen, there's a real big annoyance. Or if the roommate becomes friends with other people and you're left kind of alone sitting in the room, right? it's how do I deal with this type of thing? And so I was just curious from your own transition or from people that you've seen, how did you deal with that kind of either disappointment of coming left behind or... I thought they're going to be a little bit better person, and they're right. not. That doesn't knock the roommates. I'm not trying to. No, know. yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, there are so many decisions everyone's making in those first two weeks yes. um, that are that are monumental, and so to sort of make friends seems like almost a secondary task for yes. some people. Um, and it's very easy just to say, "Oh, I'm best friends with my roommate. Everything's going to be fine for the rest of the semester." Um, and you know, definitely, I know instances where that has been true, but but there are just yes. as many where people don't necessarily hate each other. You know, they're not ready to, you know, yeah. strangle each other in the no. middle of the night, but, you know, just aren't making that super friendly connection and, and they're okay with that. And I think it's nothing to be disappointed about. I think everyone latches latches on to someone close yes. to them and you're spending more time with your roommate probably than you would um, with other people, especially, yeah. you know, you're sleeping in the same room. Um, but don't feel bad, you know. Yep. In two weeks in, if you realize, you know, I sort of just jumped into wanting to be best friends yeah. with my roommate. Um, you know, it's not a failure on your no. part to to say, I found my clique. I found the group of people I yep. want to be friends with. Um, and, you know, that doesn't mean just leave them behind and leave them sitting in the room all alone yeah. and come back and talk about what a great night you had and they're yeah. sitting at home playing Nintendo or something. But um, I, certainly people feel that sense of isolation and, and maybe if your roommate's going out and having more fun than you, that's an indicator that 
go go branch out. Right. There there are plenty of things to do on campus to go to go be involved, and there are plenty of people that want to be exactly. your friend. And we're going to hit on that on another podcast in right. terms of we kind of look out an agenda. So so I mean, you're, and that's the key thing is how do you? And I think you mentioned something just on passing of it. One of the research has always shown that you're more likely, whatever room is near your room that you can basically see the door from, right. you're more likely to become that person's friend at college than anybody else on campus. Yeah, absolutely. And so, and then, but you know, it's almost easier if it's someone's not in your room because then it's like, then they don't annoy you with all the little things. Exactly. So, in a very bizarre sense, maybe your roommate's not the, your roommate may be, you could, if you were in a different room, you can be really good friends with your roommate. Right, right. But it also is a spot where, because they're a little bit more removed, that separation. Well, let's, let's transition because we're kind of short on time here. Do you have any experiences that you had seen of kind of the bad roommate? Like, I mean, more than just this is the, the stuff we've been talking about is just normal, transitional. We have to go through this, a little annoyances, but we go right. respect each other, move forward. What, what do you have any battle royale stories? Not from, <laughs> probably from yourself, hopefully not, but but from things that you've kind of experienced from last year, just being in the hall. Let's see, bad bad roommates. <clears throat> I think the most annoying roommates, the ones that cause the most frustration, are those very passive. I. I'm not going to to talk about my problems with my roommate, but I'm going to leave the room and go tell everyone else in the world how much I don't like my roommate and how they're they're such yeah. a bad person. Um, because you know you're no, you're frustrating everyone around you. Yes. You're frustrating your roommate, and you are frustrated. Yes. And it's something that can be solved, you know, just by having that conversation. And people um, are often scared of those conversations. Oh, That's yeah. why they do that type of thing. Right. And they hope that other people resolve the issue. Um, when really the the keys to resolving those issues. Yeah. Are, are only between you you and your roommate. Or also, I'd really tell people to tap into Student Life or, or, the, or the, the Res Life group, the essays. Because oh, yeah. essays really are trained to deal with these kind of negotiational issues. And so, right. and the sooner you deal with it, like I said, the more you make it, it goes for a month, the damage is done so much longer. If you deal with it like within a, a couple of days or a week, right. it, it doesn't feel as, as permanent of what's going on. The scarring isn't as bad. Right. I think student advisors are great facilitators. One of, one of the roommates I had went on to be a, a mid-year hire to be a student advisor, and so I sort of got you know a perspective on a lot of the, the conflicts that they they had to deal with. Um, you know, yeah. of course, people people are going to have problems, but I, I haven't heard any any stories I haven't heard from you know any of my friends people that were just really bad roommates that um, didn't want to compromise on anything yeah. that you know were just totally mean I think um, to maybe phrase it a different way there are incompatible roommates exactly there are people that you're probably just not going to get along with if you're used to staying up late at night and this person you know mm -hmm. sleeps from 8 p.m. to yep. 6 in the morning it's not that they're a bad person it's just different lifestyles it's different it's incompatible and I think once people realize they have the opportunity to spend yeah. time with people that aren't those roommates, um, it, it all sort of clicks into place. They're not bad people. You know, you're just exactly. probably incompatible. And I think part of the advice is that for, for most people, if you get in a roommate situation of a small conflict, that does not mean it's incompatible. It means they try to work through it. But at some oh, yeah. point, you just make a point where it's not out of anger. It's not out of frustration. It's not out of, like, you know, you are destroying my life. Right. But much more based out of a... You know, we're just real different. Let's go different ways and just be respectful of each other. And so not turning into a personal level in terms of what it would be. The other little bit thing I, I've seen more and more at Truman, and I, I hopefully you didn't experience this, and I just want to make sure I make a point of this. If you have a problem with your roommates, don't share this via IM or email <laughs> or cryptic notes that are right. left or on Facebook messages that are like, you know, if I only had a better person to live with... Don't yeah. you're kind of the passive person, the passive right. aggressive person. Do things in a more of a 
you'd rather have someone, if you were doing something wrong with your roommate, you'd rather have someone personally, hey, that really annoys me directly, and you're the first person to find out versus, oh, I heard from so-and-so, heard from so-and-so right. on Facebook that showed this, that... You know, or they're filming the room on YouTube and putting it out there. Everybody's like, "See how <laughs> right. sloppy they are." You know, there's just is it, there's no there is no upside to that. All that is is just being angry. Yeah, and it can it can be very frustrating to find out that your roommate had a problem, um, you know, with something that's going on in your room from someone else. That can be even more frustrating than just you know being upfront, being honest. Hey, that that's really annoying. Exactly. So. Well, we, you know, we, again, we've had a small snippet of this. Again, we could probably talk on issues of roommate conflicts forever and ever. But and obviously, this is from Christian's perspective, what he's experienced last year and what he's seen, and also things I've seen on the counseling center. Every situation is different but i think the key part is if you prepare for like i think you great advice if you prepare for how to when we have things go wrong how do we handle it versus how do we resolve every issue so nothing will ever go right. wrong because that's not it's never going to happen you just don't know what's going to take place um thank you again for tuning in for our podcast um tune in for next week for another one for kind of our first year issues and i'll be joined again by uh, christian and myself and so thank you again and hope you have a wonderful day